Hey campers, welcome back to another episode of Campfire Adventures. I'm your host Dylan, and today we have our live audience member being my mom again. Hello, hello. So we're happy to have her back for another story. This is two episodes in a row, and it's been a while since we've had her. We got the boys here. We even got our new anniversary bear here with us. And the boys and I are here just chilling with my mama. We got a great story for you today. Actually, for this week's story, I thought it'd be cool to go into Urban Legends. So we did the Kakui, and we've recently been doing like other cryptids like that. But Urban Legends, to me, are so cool, and they're so alluring because just the possibilities of how they came to be. So for this week's story, we're going to take a trip to Switzerland. We have a short story about an urban legend out there that I think is going to be super cool for y'all to hear. And it's actually kind of creepy, but also like, what do you, would you say? Kind of. Um... Melancholy, because it's like, oh, that's kind of sad. So it's going to be cool. So with all that said, we're chilling here. We got the boys here. My mama's here. Shout out to everybody out there in podcast land for listening. I always appreciate you. And with all that said, I guess it's time for us to grab a drink. I will be indulging myself in something called Gwen Gria, so. Ooh, let me smell the cap. Smell the cap. So, a friend <laughs> of mine makes something, and she calls it Gwen Gria. She told me, make sure you drink it on ice. So I got a cup here with some ice, and it's a little bit of red wine, some mango margarita mix. <laughs> and Well, I can't put all the secrets out for Gwen Gria, but I'm going to try it for you all, so. Oh, that looks pretty. It does look nice, huh? Mm-hmm. So, cheers. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, that's real nice. <clears throat> you want to try some? <clears throat> yeah, let me try. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Ah! Okay, new drink. All right, shout out to my friend Gwendolyn for the Gwen Gria. And so we're chilling around the portable campfire, and it's time for us to get into this week's episode. So, like I said, this week's story is going to take us to Switzerland, which I think is cool because we've actually never been there. Like, internationally, we've done, you know, South America, Japan, Germany, and now we're in Switzerland for this urban legend. And to be more specific, we're going to be in a city called Malls, and in Malls, we're going to be in the forests. So there's a story about a cryptid, a person, a spirit. I don't know exactly how to identify or to categorize this story. But there's something out there that walks through the forest that intimidates people. Now, people haven't actually been able to come up with anything substantial to report to the police or anybody in the local area. But they do have a name for this cryptid. And it's called Le Loyon. And basically, there's something that's walking the forests of Malls, Switzerland. And it's kind of scaring the people that live there. So a lot of people have come... To the conclusion that this story actually originated in 2003. That was when people first started to notice that there was something that was stalking and haunting the forests. And it was just local legend. <laughs> the little, the boys are all into the story. So 
Sorry. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Um, so they would tell tales of something walking through the forest. Like I said, starting in 2003. Farmers would say, you know, we noticed that people don't like to come to these forests anymore because there's something that's like laying a claim to the area. And then, you know, parents would be walking by with kids and they'd tell a story of this figure, this humanoid figure that was walking through the forest that was interesting enough to see, but also scary enough to creep them out. Right. And it came to the conclusion that what they were seeing was something that was the shape of like a man, almost, I would say, about six feet tall. It was wearing camis, so like camouflage, like a camouflage, like military jumpsuit had a camouflaged cape, and then a gas mask. And this figure would walk through the forests every weekend almost. It seemed like clockwork. And people would just look in astonishment because it was just walking, minding its own business. So that's why I wasn't sure if we should call it a human or a cryptid or even just a spirit because if it's there and gone, like, that can coincide with it being a spirit, but then also it could just be a person because it's shaped like a man, fits in clothes like a human. But people would tell tales, starting, like I said, in 2003, of this creature just walking through the forests. Mm -hmm. Now, things would escalate soon, and people would complain to the police. And I'm not sure if you would, you know, have called the police if you had seen this creature or not. I would. I mean, it would, especially if it's something random that you've never seen before. I feel like... I support that theory because you're right. We never know exactly who somebody is. And I don't know initially, like, what the police kind of thought. Because I think that everybody was just more interested in the fact that, why is somebody doing this? You know, yeah. if it's a person, why are they doing it? And what do they want? And what do they want? But nobody ever said that this figure ever acted out aggressively towards them. It was just walking by, minding its own business, doing its thing. So I feel like... If I'd seen it the first time, I'd be freaked out and be like, what should I do? You know, should I call the police? Should I not call the police? Now, if I saw it regularly, like I'm assuming some of these farmers and people did, then I would be like, oh, you know, that's just hazmat suit guy walking by. You know, we're also cautioned to see it, but I mean, not too scary altogether. Did so, anybody try to approach it? So that's where I was actually going to get to. So it wasn't until 2013 when someone was like, we're going to find this guy. Like, people would go out and look for them, but nobody really knew too much. It was more just a local urban legend from just that town. Like, it didn't get bigger than that. And it was in 2013 when somebody was like, well, we're going to get proof. So somebody saw this person, this person in this jumpsuit with this camouflage cape and this gas mask over its face. They saw them, and they took a picture. And this picture was then turned into the tabloids. And then the tabloids just went off like on a week-by-week article release where they would talk about the different legends and the different stories associated with this being. Like people would be like, oh, it all started in 2003. It all started with a farmer who saw them. It all started with people being scared to go into the forest. And, you know, now we're here 10 years later from this, you know, event happening. So 2003 to 2013, and people now have proof. And I feel like... In terms of, like, urban legends and mythical creatures and cryptids and whatnot, like, people don't actually get fearful of things until they see, like, proof. So, in but my... But he, he let them take his picture? No. Or what happened... It... Yeah. So, what happened was 
this person just noticed him walking because people are aware that he walks in the forest and he just was there with his camera ready and he snapped a picture and then turned it in. Without it noticing him. I, I think that some of the articles said that he turned and like looked at him and then just, I say he because yeah. I'm just going to say that, but like he turned and looked at him and then just walked away. Like, because that was his encounter with most people. It would mm-hmm. be like, it wasn't like trying to hide from people. It was aggressive or anything. Yeah. Not aggressive. It would just look out at people and then just keep moving. Hmm. But I think that the thing that made this bigger was in those articles, they say, like, nobody knows who this person is. Nobody knows if this is a spirit, you know, haunting the forest. We all just have so many questions. So when the article started to come out, police were going out and, like, just saying, like, on the news or wherever anybody would want to hear them and just say, like, hey, we don't know who you are. We don't know what you are. If you are a person and you are the one dressing up like this, please just come talk to us. We just want to make sure that you're okay yeah. and that we have nothing to worry about. You know, just to put the people at ease. Mm-hmm. And it was after that that people just didn't notice that Le Leon, he wasn't walking around anymore. And people thought it was off because, you know, they got used to seeing him around. I don't know if you remember, well, at least when we were growing up, there used to be a house with the garage open all the time, and there was a guy that'd sit out there. Remember Pete? Oh, yeah. Old man Pete? Yeah. And he'd just sit there, and he'd watch all the kids, and he'd just be there, and everybody was like, well, at least if anything happens, Pete's out there, you know? Uh, and we all just kind of got used to that. Uh-huh. Well, because I feel like now and today, they're like, well, who's that person watching my kid? You know, yeah, like. exactly. Exactly. So I feel like with this one, people just got used to them walking by. I was like, oh, that's just jumpsuit guy with the gas mask like we don't really bother him he doesn't bother us kind of thing mm-hmm. well people were wondering what happened to him because after all this exploded nobody could find him and so i think that that's how this being or this entity actually became an urban legend and if you're wondering what an urban legend actually stands for i looked up the definition so thanks to webster's an urban legend is often a lewd story or an anecdote that is based on hearsay and it's widely circulated as true. So like with Bigfoot or with the Loch Ness Monster, like I feel like people really didn't get into it as much until after they had like evidence. And I mean, I get it, it's alleged evidence. So like with Bigfoot, it was pictures, or like with the Honey Island Swamp Monster, it was alleged like footprints and stuff like that. So people got into it more and more. And I feel like the exact same thing happened with Le Loyon. And I feel like it was after the picture was taken and then put out into the tabloids that people started to no longer just believe, like, ah, it's just, you know, that guy walking around with his cape. Like, we don't really mind it. But after they saw the photos, they're like, okay, this person might be dangerous. Like, we really need to get into this. So people were on this hunt to find out what happened to him because once, like I said, all this exploded, nobody could find him. And it wasn't until later when a hiker was walking along the forest trail that they found something. And of the stuff that they found, it was a letter, it was a gas mask, and it was a camouflage cape. And basically, they were told to deliver these items to the appropriate person and then let the information get distributed that way. So what happened is they translated this letter from French to English And I have it here so I can share it with you guys. So the title of this letter was written as Death Certificate and Testament of the Phantom of Malls. And I'm pretty sure the person that they're targeting, or at least maybe not even just the person, but like the entity, 
is the tabloid that was releasing all of this information about them, like the articles, the photos, and stuff like that. And that was a tabloid known as Le Martin, right? And so basically what he wrote, I mean, here's the note in its entirety. It says, dear nickname Patrick DuMartin, not only are you a moron, but you're also above all an assassin. You murdered a very harmless being who found in his walks a real therapy of happiness, a cerebral resourcing allowing him to face the responsibility of the vicissitudes of his quote-unquote normal life and he had some the ghost cannot explain this happiness but you do not seem to know that's your mashal which i don't i'm not sure if that's still french but says you don't know it and you will discover that it takes everything to make a world then you are an assassin of freedoms to hear you we find ourselves in the middle ages at the time of the witches why don't you rise up against the little toads Helmets and hoods, dressed in leather, who backfire in their motorcycles in these same forests, them in violation. Do they take the time to mediate in front of the little oratory to ask for a better world? I terrorize children. <laughs> Make me laugh. Why are they not terrified by the horrors and the crimes, very real these, that they see on television and in the media? Who is in charge of setting the tolerance and freedom button in this company? These beautiful notions benefit more dealers, pimps, burglars, rapists, and hooligans. Switzerland is small. Anything that is not in accordance with the Garden Gnome must be eradicated. <laughs> Funny. Um, I thought during these years, while I was always left alone until you, that these feelings were evolving. You give me the opposite proof, unfortunately. The phantom disappears. The risk of the beast hunt is too great. I will come back to haunt the narrow minds of your kind, for ultimately a ghost never dies. To the amiable walker or the mushroomer who will discover my tinsel, deliver this letter to Mr. Syndic or Vice Syndic, or even to a journalist capable, however, of discussing freedom and tolerance. And basically that was the letter in its entirety. And I feel like it makes very valid points. There are other things that we should be concerned with rather than an entity or a spirit or a person that walks around the same path for 10 plus years and never like hurts anybody. The only thing that people really say about him is that he's creepy. And now to your defense, I think you're completely right where it makes sense. Like if you see somebody walking in your neighborhood, that is questionable. You would call the cops. Right. I understand that. But, um, it brings me to another point too, with maybe a reasoning why he dressed up like this, because in the letter, what I was hearing at least part of it was this was a little bit of happiness in the semblance of a normalcy of life that they had. And in my mind, I was like, well, what could that mean? Like, you know, why is this walk, why does it mean so much to him? And I know that this is not an answer, you know, because I will never know the proof of that. So I'm going to put my foil hat on and I would advise <laughs> you all to put your foil hat on too. But this is actually a really real thing. And it's a skin disease actually that is very rare among people, but it causes people a hardship like a huge hardship in their life so it's known as xeroderma pigmentosum and basically it's a super rare disease that people have on their skin where they need to be completely protected of any type of ultraviolet light and so what that means is like even some light bulbs actually cause their skin harm so in order to actually leave the house you have to be dressed from head to toe in like a whole suit like you can't let any part of your body get touched by the sun because then you're going to have a reaction 
Uh-huh. And so I'll show you what some of the kids look like when they dress up, you know, who suffer from this skin disease. And they dress from head to toe in a suit, right? Right. Even their faces are covered. Kind of looks like they have, oh, like, little masks on. on. Yeah. yeah, they don't want, you know, and this is their semblance of enjoying their life, you know, out in the outside world. <laughs> and then I'll show you real quick just a picture of what Le Leon looks like. Now, this is a photo that was put into the tabloids. Not the best photo, but um, that's him, you know, allegedly. Yeah. In his, you he know, really cape. Yeah. Tall person, six feet tall. But, yeah, I mean, so in my mind, I was like, there has to be a reason. Especially yeah. with cryptids, like, there has to be a reason why someone's doing what they're doing. And um, that was the one that I was thinking of because I remember seeing on TV, somebody had an issue with the skin condition where they couldn't let water touch their skin or else they'd get burns. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I was thinking, like, hmm, maybe there's an issue where this person, you know, wants to go out for a simple walk. You know, and then decide to dress the way that they do, and that's how the right. story of trying to cover something up. Yeah, and possibly, so, possibly. And do you have other theories? That was my only theory that he's trying to cover up maybe some kind of disfiguration in his face or mm. his body or something. Or and I feel like that's what he meant when he wrote like "You've taken my happiness away," because it was like the beast hunt. You know, like he's like, I'm just gonna be a target at this point. If I do this, I don't know. Yeah. Because, you know, you never know truly what somebody's up to. And like we said, people could just be monsters in themselves. Right. But it's also... Try to trap them or set up traps or something. Yeah. And then also on, you know, devil's advocate, he could also be doing that to people. And we just don't know. Like, you you just don't know. But I guess that goes along with the whole idea of, like, cryptids and urban legends and myths and tales and stuff like that. So it took 10 years for Le Leon to become the urban legend that it is. But it's been 10 years since his discovery that no one's heard from him since. So. I'm just wondering why won't he identify himself at this at this point since he stopped doing it? I think the letter was probably just his last part. Like he said, like you killed enough, the beast. Enough is enough. Yeah, and people also, you know, went on to call this cryptid the ghost of the malls. So in a sense, like, like the ghost is gone. Yeah. But like he said, still the haunting to this go. day yeah. because we're still talking about him. And I just felt like this was a pretty interesting story to be able to share because it, it's short and sweet and it's very simple in its entirety. But it also just leaves us with so many questions. It's like it's like a mystery. Story. Yeah. Like, do you feel bad for this person who just enjoyed going for walks in his gas mat suit? Or do you feel fear because it was kind of creepy that this guy was dressed like that? I mean... It's kind of sad, in a sense, that, you know, he found his, that was his happiness, and and he doesn't want to do it anymore because mm-hmm. of all the tabloids and everything that, that they're saying about him. Hopefully, he found happiness some other way. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, that is the story that we have for y'all today. It's a simple urban legend about Le Leon, and it's based in Switzerland. So if you find yourself walking through the forest, and you see somebody with a hazmat you know, gas mask and then, you know, a jumpsuit that's gammy related, then you might have just seen yourself a real life urban legend there. <laughs> but if anybody has any other information that they want to share with us about this urban legend, please send it in because it was hard to find what we did find, but it was also super interesting to have that letter in its entirety. I thought whoever this person is, whoever this spirit is or urban legend, hilarious. The way that they wrote that, like, what about the people riding motorcycles? Why don't we talk about that? Or what about, you know, I scare children? Like, I don't bother anybody, you know. But 
I get it. I, I mean, get it. he sounded really in the letter intellectual. So mm -hmm. it's not somebody that's, you know, hiding from. I don't know how to. I don't know. It just it's he's just a mystery. It's just a mystery, and I guess that goes along with why we called it an urban legend in the first place. But I guess with all that said, we've reached the end of another story. We have a lot of questions, I still feel like, but um, we also got some answers. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I will continue to enjoy my Gwengria, and it was lovely to have my mom on another episode. So thank mm, you for being lovely here. Lovely to be here. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you can see all of our source material and information, our past episodes on our website at www.campfireadventurespodcast.com, and we will post pictures. I will post the photos and uh, more information about even that skin disease on our Instagram and Facebook at Campfire Adventures Podcast. And then any noise that you heard is because we're chilling in the room. And whether you listen to this in the morning or the evening, I hope you have a good morning or a good evening. And with that, I'm going to say bye. So bye. Bye. bye.